Welcome to Prickly and Blooming, hosted by Jesse Browning and brought to you by LaJoy Society. At age 35, Jesse theoretically adored her life. She was a mama to four children and owned multiple businesses with her husband. But without an ability to cope or care for herself, an isolating darkness crept in. Through reckless self-care, therapy, and lots of candor, Jessie found her joy again. She has created LaJoy Society to embolden others to do the same. Each week, we will meet a woman who has an authentic story to share. Undoubtedly, Jessie will be sharing her big heart, unusual life, and countless theories with you along the way. Now, here's Jessie. Hi, everyone. It's Wednesday, and I have a guest with me. And today I have Hiral Patel, and I'd like to say welcome. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Of course. I'm so excited that, you know, we get to connect ways right now, and I get to still continue to socialize, kind of, you know. (laughs) And so would you like to start us off by telling us um, who you are and what you do? And, you know, I call it the baseball card stats, like, Tell us what we need to know about you before we get started. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, by trade, I'm an occupational therapist. I'm uh, working in a few neuro rehab settings, so populations with brain injuries, um, both in community settings and inpatient rehab facilities. And um, the other other part of my life, I'm um, on the path to being a coach for women of color or women with strong cultural backgrounds. So um, I've been engaging in a lot of um, trainings and coaching programs to build my skill set there. But ultimately, yeah, I'm just helping them to become more self-expressed and just more powerful in all areas of their life. I'm also a certified brain injury specialist. I have training in um, emotional freedom techniques, so I practice and utilize those types of sessions. Um, I'm a registered yoga teacher and with emphasis on adaptive chair yoga and some Ayurveda background experience. So I'm a a little all over the place. (laughs) You're a a mover and a shaker. I like to keep I love interesting it. for sure. Yeah. Oh, I understand. Yeah. I understand completely. All right. So uh, with this show, we start off in these little storytelling vignette moments of, was there a time in your life when you said, you know, this can't be my life or just not this, or, you know, a lot of times they're um, forced upon us. I say forced and, you know, something happens and we're kind of presented with this opportunity to embrace or, you know, to change our lives or anyway, I think, I think, you know what I'm saying. (laughs) Did you have one of those moments? And if so, would you like to tell us about it? Yeah, absolutely. So I had a pre-wake up call and then I had my wake up call. So (laughs) um, my pre-wake up call was back in 2008. I was um, undergoing pharmacy school programming and just um, really, had a challenging time while being there. You know, I had spent five years of my life dedicating myself to a profession that I wasn't emotionally and uh, mentally invested in. And so, um, as you can imagine, for anyone that's coming straight out of high school and having that as a um, choice uh, kind of made by the family, um, it wasn't it wasn't my passion. So I dropped out, I failed out in 2008. 
And, you know, I came back, I moved back. I was in St. Louis at the time. I moved back to Dallas, Texas with my parents. And, you know, I was like, well, what, what, what else can I do that's going to, you know, be somewhere in the healthcare field um, where I'm serving people? And so I stumbled upon occupational and physical therapy. And so I naturally just took the route of occupational therapy. I did a little bit of background experience or background research on it. And, um, Felt like it was something that I could, um, you know, dive into, and so I started that. And while I was in my pre-studies, um, and actually up to the point of getting accepted into their master's program, I got hit with um, Hodgkin's lymphoma. So before. Before that, I was having like symptoms, you know, training for a half marathon and only being able to run a certain distance and, you know, onset of symptoms of shortness of breath, all this stuff. So it was like this like interesting, odd, um, you know, breakdown, I guess. Um, and so, yeah, I, I was. I'd say that was forced upon you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It was my, so that was my true wake up call for me. Um, so and how, you know, how old were you at this point? Yeah, I was 25. Wow. Yeah. So that was, you know, I'm, I, I will be 35 in two months. So it's about 10 years ago. Um, so yeah, I, I was in the hospital. I remember distinctly just being, you know, laying in the bed and just like, what is God trying to tell me right now? What is the universe wanting for me in this moment? At the time, the concept of universe wasn't quite fully um, understood, but that was my pivot point where I began to dig deeper into like what it was I needed to change about my current lifestyle, my choices, my habits, my routines. Um, and as I'm like sharing this with you, I'm feeling the chills of it because it's such a profound moment um, in where I'm at today and what path I've chosen um, in terms of being able to wake women up that are kind of in the same boat that I was in years ago. So, um, so yeah, yeah. That is so cool. So, um, before I, I want to like, can you explain to us a little bit about Hodgkin's lymphoma and what that mm -hmm. was like? Can you give us a little background of, yeah. you know, yeah, I'd love to hear it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, you know, I have like the Western traditional outlook and aspect of it. And then going through, you know, about nine years or so of like spiritual health journey, I have that outlook on it. So I can mm -hmm. kind of break down the two sure. aspects. So, um, yeah, so Hodgkin's lymphoma is a cancer of the lymph lymphatic system. <clears throat> so a lot of, you know, where my tumor was, it was right in between my heart and my lungs. And so it wasn't something that could be physically or, and or surgically removed. I had to go through the traditional chemo and radiation to, um, you know, cure it. So, um, yeah, I shared with you a little bit about my um, symptoms and signs leading up to that. So shortness of breath, a lot of accumulation of fluid in my lungs, um, just having difficulty, trouble breathing, running high fevers, um, 
it was just a weird phenomenon, right? And nobody in my family had been diagnosed with any cancer. So it was not a part of my family history, genetic makeup. Um, it was just something that kind of came on subtly. And so after I, you know, after I was in remission, I uh, shared how I you know, got curious about my health. So um, I started diving into yoga and just getting more and more deeper with sense of self and awareness. And um, along the path, I met um, my mentor, Sonia Sophia, who taught me emotional freedom techniques. And I went through some of her, you know, went through at least a couple of her trainings. And through, um, through that training, I went back in time to, to really dissect areas of my life, like timelines and age, um, age categories of what I was feeling, how I was feeling. And then I met another mentor um, that got me really, really focused on where this cancer emerged from, right? So he introduced me to areas of um, detoxification and, and spiritual emotional connection um, and you know the physical manifestation of those um, of the emotions and so he 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 also introduced me to anthony williams which is um the medical medium he kind of has like a series of books on you know emotions and diseases and their relationship to um you know the types of foods you eat and so yeah i discovered that the cancer was spiritually connected to grief and kind of uh lungs and the heart you know burden like having this emotional burden and so um my story around my upbringing where I constantly people pleased and constantly, you know, fed into my cultural expectations without just completely repressing my own authority was a direct link to why the cancer had manifested itself in my, in my body and why specifically it manifested in the area of the heart and the lungs. So, so yeah, it was a uh, yeah. I just yeah. It was big. Yeah. Pause there. Yeah. 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 Like a uh, a uh, 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 ex or not exhale. It's like let it just like yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah yeah difficulty breathing like inspiration mm -hmm. and living and mm -hmm. I wasn't living up until that mm -hmm. point. I was living out. I wasn't living for myself. It was like I was living out a uh, a life of somebody else's. Right. Expectations right. And, yeah. The EFT. You mm -hmm. mentioned this in your email to me. Mm -hmm. um, is that something you you are a student of and a teacher of now? Correct. Yeah. So okay. I, um, yep, I both practice yeah. it and I facilitate it. Um, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. we can probably talk about that at the end, but I was like, I want to, yeah. I, I wrote it down. I'm writing, I'm taking notes oh, and good. I wrote that down. I was like, okay, are we going to talk? I just want to make sure we'll talk about that later. Yes, absolutely. Cool. All right. Um, so I guess we, we've talked about, you know, what got you, you know, to this day, you know, you were living out a, you know, a life that wasn't yours, you know, it, and it was really 
um, dictated, I feel like, to you by expectations. Do you want to talk a little bit about um, of those expectations and how, you know, was this, um, I, I believe this is tied to your cultural identity and it was something that is very common of, of you know, this is who you're going to be, this is what you're going to do. Um, do you want to speak to that a little bit? Yeah, so, um, so like I how first... Mm -hmm. I was going to say, how did you know what people expected of you? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's so funny, right? Like in hindsight, I go back in time. I'm like, I had no clue. And so the the cancer was such a wake up call to that. Um, I am first generation um, Indian American born. uh, So my family was my mom and my dad specifically were um, born and raised in India, and so they migrated here in the 80s. And um, immigrated before you, here. In before you were born? Were you, yes, before, before I was born. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You said you were born in Dallas, Texas. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I, you know, my my dad's grand, you know, my dad's parents, my grandparents. Um, lived with me up until I was 16 and they passed, but up until 16, you know, timelines, birth to 16 years, um, it was, my life was consisted of following and respecting the elders and um, listening to, you know, their commands and, and just cultural things. So it's a very um, success oriented, very educational oriented, very little freedom for socializing and creativity and expression because that was deemed as non non successful right non traditional is like well that's we can't let you get distracted by those types of things because then you won't be able to study and so um lots of achievement oriented very like, achievement oriented very much keep- so Keep achieving, keep achieving, keep achieving, keep achieving. Mm -hmm. And it was fascinating because that was where my love came from. Right. Uh, Is that how you felt? Is that how you felt love was achieving? Yeah. That's how I felt Mm -hmm. love was through being successful and achieving and getting good grades Mm -hmm. and listening to my parents and um, doing what they, you know, what I was told to do, you know, otherwise it was like disappointment or mm-hmm. um spankings you know and mm-hmm. back in the day it was kind of um, normal quote unquote mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. get spankings if i didn't do what i was told or if i didn't get the grades that i needed to get so um so yeah so i did i i you know my life had been outlined up until 18 based on that so imagining out right out of high school and so that was when I had the opportunity to dive into this other culture and other, um, like the American culture of, you know, socializing and drinking and partying and all that. So that's Coll- when I, college, college <laughs> life. Yes, exactly. And so, yeah. yeah, my attention had shifted and focused and I was like, that was my, you know, that was being in college was my, route of um, exploration and probably attributed to some of where um, my grades started to reflect that and show that because I was like curious about this like other lifestyle and so and then it really got me present to 
why am I doing this? I don't even enjoy uh, studying about medications and drugs. And it's not, it's never, it's never been the path that I wanted. You know, it's all, I've always wanted this natural, holistic lifestyle, you know, of, of mm -hmm. helping others. So and helping myself ultimately too. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love. So, so in, you know, in the process of you, you know, deal with the lymphoma, like you treat <laughs> it, you're in remission and now you have this, like, I imagine you had to deal with that first before you could be like, okay, now I'm going to figure out how to restructure my life. Right. It was like, okay, get Absolutely. healthy. Right. Yeah. So after you got that, you know, you were in that remission point, what did you do? Like, were you like, okay, this X, Y, and Z no longer matters to me, you know, and now I'm going to do LMN. Like, mm -hmm. how, how did you go about that? And like, I, I imagine there was a long process of treatment and all of that. So you probably, I mean, the better part of a year, I would imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was in treatments for almost like eight to 10 months. Yeah, um, there were some gaps in between. And whew, when I was doing treatments, I was put on a appetite stimulant, you know, as you can as you can imagine with somebody with cancer, you start to lose more weight with chemo. So um, yeah, I started gaining and putting on a lot of weight. Like I think I, I think I measured myself and I gained like extra 30 pounds. And so wow. as I was nearing my treatments, I was looking in the mirror, like, like looking at my head with like no hair. And then I'd see like my pudgy self. And so it was like a self, reflection of like okay where do i need to start to go to work right and right so, and like yeah who is this looking at me who is this yeah mm -hmm. who am i i mean who my and 25 i was 25 25 like yeah. i was prime age like should be dating like okay the shoulds are coming out right the, right the, the shoulds yep yeah but, like that was my that was my belief yep. system then you know it's right. like wow you know i'm really feeling really sad and just not where i want to be in my life so um right as i was leaving my treatments like i think i had completed my chemo and i was done with radiation, I started hitting the gym, you know, I was like, mm -hmm. I know I'm not supposed to be doing this, but I really need to just, I really got to get my mind off of like, you know, the constant thinking about my treatments and my immune system being compromised and blah, blah, blah. Like it's not helping me get anywhere. So I would, I remember like signing up for a gym membership and like doing my best, making my best effort to go. And then, um, Someone somewhere, I believe it was one of my friends was like down the line. She was like, hey, you know, you should try this hot yoga class, you know, bring your mom with you. And so um, I, you know, went to my first hot yoga class, um, I believe it's Sunstone Yoga somewhere in Dallas. So I attended and I was like, whoa, I feel so good. Like, this is so awesome. Like, I really want to explore this some more. So um, I signed up for a yoga membership, right? Um, yoga studio membership. And so I started taking those classes and then I got to where, you know, my body was starting to feel better. And then as a result of that, my mind was starting to shift. Like it, it just got really curious about spirituality and the way of life and living. And so, um, I started to develop a, small meditation practice so that led me to vipassana which is a i don't, I don't know if you've heard of it but it's a 10-day 
silent meditation retreat. So back in 20, was it 2013, 2014, yeah, I took my first 10 day uh, silent meditation retreat and I came out of that like feeling like, wow, my, my mind and my world, everything was just blown away by this. So, um, so yeah, it, and, and as a result, I started to make diet changes and, and, and um, shifting the way I looked at food and how I ate and um, how that is really linked to emotional, mental, spiritual um, freedom and connection and peace. And so, um, so yeah, and so that's, that's where I'm at today <laughs> with yeah. all the skill sets that I've acquired, you know. I love that this is the second conversation in a row where somebody was like, hot yoga. And I was like, you know, <laughs> I have kept that as like, I don't go to hot yoga. And I'm like, okay, I got the message. I will try hot yoga. You know, you're yeah. the second person in a row that's like, hot yoga, hot yoga. Um, yeah. And they're actually in, well, when when we can go back to yoga class. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, I'm yeah, going to try it. Sure. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's so cool. Like my mindset around that has shifted too. I know like what you're sharing with me around mm -hmm. kind of like, the, oh, I don't know if I want to yeah, try yeah, it, yeah. but it's such an avenue to explore with like other types of yoga. And so that's mm -hmm. what I got out of my teacher training was like, it's not about the fast vinyasa, like crazy yoga. It's really about just the mind and the body and spirit connection. Yeah. So I, that's, yeah, that was really, that was another discovery for me too. Yeah. When did you get your, your, like, cause now we've got all these paths and avenues that you opened mm -hmm. up in your life after this moment. Let's go down with a yoga path. Yeah. When, so you started taking yoga. How did that lead you to now become a yoga teacher? Yeah. So I, let's see. 2017. Yeah, so when I moved to Austin in 2014, same um, so I had started my new job in Dallas and I and I just always felt an energetic pull towards Austin. You know, um, I had a friend out of high school that went to UT Austin, so I, I visited her frequently um, in my years at being at home and so um, I took the transfer to, um, to a job here in Austin, and then I started exploring yoga classes in Austin, and I realized, like, there was, like, such a different um, outlook of how many um, types of yoga there were, and so um, the studio that I signed up for, Yoga Yoga, which is no longer um, operating in Austin, um, they... They had all types of styles of yoga, you know, yin, hatha, vinyasa, um, gosh, like just a meditation yoga. Mm -hmm. And so I explored all those types of yoga and I got really just, I got really curious about wanting to explore more. Like what else is it um, that can I, that I can learn from this? So I signed up for teacher training back in, um, 2016 yeah 2016 and so um and it was a year long and I signed up and and yeah and I just was like wow this is really altering my um perspective just as it 
just like the parallel that I have with my health journey, it also was a parallel to, um, you know, shifting my connection to spirituality. And so I got present to the physical sensations in my body and the way I treated my body, um, you know, linking the breath and the physical practice. And yeah, it really just shifted the way. And, and so an, an application to what I do currently, even with um, my patients in the clinic, like I really am super mindful about um, the way I work with them. And so it really translates into a lot of aspects of my life, you know, and the way I treat others. And yeah, it's, it's really, uh, <laughs> It's really fascinating. <laughs> uh, it's so cool. So you've been a certified teacher then, since 2017. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So cool. Yep. And yep. You just mentioned, you mentioned something that I was like, oh, we're, yeah, I want to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> is your occupation, occupational therapy, is that your main, and I'm doing this like in quotes, is that your main yes. job? Yes. You know? Absolutely. Oh, so yeah. Perfect. How you, yeah. How did you get <laughs> in, in this time? I, you, you changed from obviously your, you know, what you had been in school and, and you know, decided to end that career. Um, did you start occupational therapy um, training, uh, education um, after your remission, you know, began? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> I was... And yeah, tell us about that. And then how, how you, like how you're saying, how it ties into yoga, how you use it in your practice. Cause I imagine that's such a great, like, you know, d crossover. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so when, you know, when I was in remission, <clears throat> I was able to get back into the, into the grad school program. So they basically deferred my, um, my degree until I was, you know, well enough to start back up again and so i received an, a, an intuitive um hit around wanting to help people in a different way that didn't involve you know the, the traditional like medicational use like hands-on approach right like i physically and i visually wanted to see people get better and so that's that was where my decision came in um, after I left pharmacy school that I wanted to explore the route of occupational therapy. But even even after I started working in 2014, oh, this is good. Yeah, so I started working in 2014, and um, like I really worked hard. You know, 2014, 15, and 16, two years. Like I worked. 40 hour, like 50 to 60 hour weeks sometimes, just like earning and saving and putting it, you know, really like allotting money into my savings so that I could pay back the debt that I had accumulated through pharmacy school. But in the process, I was also like realizing how much, how detrimental it was to my health. And like, I was like, wait a second, like, I, this, this journey looks a little familiar. <laughs> I, need to, I need to pause and put the brakes here, you know, like yeah. this is not working for me. So luckily, you know, my field is so amazing. Like I have a bragging a little bit here because I have this opportunity to be a contract worker in the field. So what that means, like I can go out, pick up shifts when I need to, when I want to, 
And so since 2016, so for the last four years now, I've been fortunate enough to sign up and get the hours I need to have like this, you know, like a sustainable lifestyle. And on the other side, like explore, you know, becoming a women's coach, you know, and just helping them through my experience and skill sets and um, expertise. So yeah, it's um, shifted my outlook on occupational therapy because I really felt in those two years, like I kind of resented it. I was like, yeah, this is really redundant, same old, same old. And that's what got me curious about brain injury populations because there's so much flexibility and um, creativity that I could explore and I can incorporate actually a lot of the yoga training, you know, through adaptive yoga, teaching these patients how to be flexible in their, in their bodies and their minds because they really adapt to that so well. Like I've, I've, I've been teaching adaptive yoga in the clinic for about um, a year and a half now and I see the results and how powerful it is. So it's, it's been really cool like having um, content in my work workplace. Like I don't feel like I need to quit my day job, you know, my day job. Like I can always have it in the background and where a lot of this is coming into application. Like I can apply what I've learned and, and um, implement it, you know, and have the physical results be seen with, yeah, just my experience. So, cool. so are all your patients um, uh, TBI patients, traumatic brain injury patients? Or client? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, there's brain injuries, including traumatic or acquired, and then there's also strokes. So um, yeah. So the community setting I work in, and the and the neuro subacute neuro uh, rehab clinic. Yes. The other clinic. Um, yes. Here's a. I got to share that I I work in three settings to get okay. the hours that I need, and so right. and it works. Yeah. And the other oh, I place love I work it. is inpatient facilities so it's all it's like orthopedic brain injury a little bit of mix of everything hodgepodge oh, cool. yeah yeah my sister yeah. Uh, is a nurse and she specialized in, in uh, traumatic brain injuries um, oh no so, yeah. yeah yeah so I'm, I'm like wait I knew I it's been a long time she now works in wound care though um, uh, but anyway oh yeah. that's so I love it so you've so then you have done this adaptive yoga because you mentioned mm -hmm. that um, in, to chair, right? Into like yes. a, a physical, like mm -hmm. in, in a seated position. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So um, I have groups. I've been leading groups of, you know, four to five patients and, and they're all mostly wheelchair bound. Um, and so, you know, I, the sessions are about an hour long. I start with, you know, intention setting with them and Sometimes, you know, they can understand it. Sometimes they don't. They just, but it's really cool that even though not all of it's like fully being registered in their brains, they, they feel it, right? Like that's the really interesting, cool part is like they can, I, I can intuitively feel that they're feeling it. So, um, you know, it's not your traditional yoga class. It's not where you walk in and people are doing vinyasas and sequences and postures and all that. It's really focused on breath awareness and some movement, you know, like a, a lot of the patients are restricted in their, in their um, movements in their extremities, 
because one side of their body is affected typically, um, whether it's, you know, they're completely flaccid, flaccid meaning they can't move, or they're on the other spectrum where they're spastic, right, or um, have increased muscle tone. So they're usually in like a flux, flux posture. So I kind of, you know, sometimes I just lead them through it verbally. I'm sitting at the front um, in a chair as well. Or I'm hands-on, you know, helping some of the patients stretch if they've got some of that um, tone going on. So, yeah, I go through, like, simple basic postures, and I end with a 15-minute guided meditation. And it's, it's like adult nap time for them. Like, they get so much stimulation in the environment, like, so much sensory stimulation that it's so crucial for them to just kind of have a room with the lights out, blinds closed and, and and like the sounds of the music or the meditation going in the background and uh, it just lights me up when I walk yeah. out of the room because I could see a difference and they're coming out of the room like more mobile more just like excited and just yeah it's it's precious I really oh, yeah I, it just warms my I, heart right now I love this <laughs> I'm learning so much through this project and like this is something I didn't know was happening like of of course though of course somebody's adapting yoga to you know uh, I love this I'm so happy yeah that doing this work. um do you have colleagues that do this work as well I, are you the, the only gal there in in Austin <laughs> you know there's so there's some mm -hmm. some yoga teachers that have gone on to um, become certified internationally certified um, yoga therapist. So, but there's only a handful of them in Austin. You know, since they closed Yoga Yoga down, like they're, people are, you know, kind of scattered all over the place. So um, I've, I know to my knowledge that as an OT in Austin area, I may just be the only occupational therapist and registered yoga teacher. I don't know that many OTs in the area. If anybody's listening and they are, send us an email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Let's yeah. Yes. Totally. Totally. Oh, it's and so it's cool. so cool seeing the hand in hand, like OT and the yoga is like. Of course they go together. Like, yeah. Duh. And my clinical directors are like, we want you, like we need you. And, and they see it. And I had, my clinical instructor come out and observe me with one of my community uh, dwelling patients. And she's like, wow, I'm so glad you're doing this for him. And I can see it. And it's, you know, it's just amazing. So, um, yeah, I can't yeah. wait to tell my, I can't, I'll tell my sister about it, but I'm make sure yeah. she listens to the episode too. Oh, yeah. love that. Thank you so much too. Like yeah. I really forget the value or I don't, you know, when somebody's interviewing me, like you are, like I, I forget the real value around what I'm doing. And it's, um, so I really want to just thank you like in this moment right now, because I'm really feeling like sometimes I just devalue myself and I don't take notice of like the work I'm doing. And so, um, so thank you. Thank you for oh, Of course. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm just reflecting back your enthusiasm, you know, <laughs> I mean, I'm enthusiastic <laughs> for it too, but I can see like, I, yeah. you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> So I had a question, this kind of, mm -hmm. how did this reverberate with your family? Like this new mm -hmm. life path? 
did is there you know was there some pushback did you have to be real <laughs> intentional did you have to set boundaries like tell me about what this was like <laughs> I see your I can see her smiling yeah. in, in our screen <laughs> yes um gosh it's been such ah uh, Jesse I feel so emotional right now because um yeah. my right. family's been so there for me from day one and i've i've done a lot of forgiveness work around mm -hmm. you know what they only taught what they knew you know and mm -hmm. so yeah in the past i could say before you know my cancer and all that i really resented and i really pushed my parents and my family away because they just couldn't see where you know where i was at like you know and like, so they didn't see, they didn't see you they couldn't see me. Yeah, they couldn't see me. And so um, when I had my cancer, they really saw me, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they really did. Yeah, they really saw me. And, um, you know, that was their wake up call to, to seeing what my needs were and um, really respecting my, uh, decisions and my decisions and my choices. And you know they value they value today like how important it is um, that I that I'm taking care of my health in these types of ways because they see the direct link and what's really fascinating is that they they start to implement it it's like you know I don't know if you've heard of this but it's like when you start to do your personal growth and your your work it is a direct tie and a direct link to your energy, you know, your energy and your ancestral lines. You start clearing that path and it's like, wow, like I can see huge shifts and huge changes in my parents and um, their acceptance of who I am today. Um, although they may not fully agree with my relationship at times, they <laughs> come around to it because they see you know, the value that he's providing in my life. And um, yeah, they really respect where I'm at today in my, in my process and my journey. And it's, it's, it's a miracle, you know, it's like, it's such a blessing to have the parents be chosen in this life to, um, you know, I'm going a little spiritual and esoteric here that, my parents or I, you know, I've been chosen to be with the type of parents that I've had since birth um, because, you know, God or the universe saw that there's, this is an opportunity for them to heal and for me to, to grow and transform and um, who knows? I don't know if I'm coming back another lifetime. I. <laughs> I hope I hope this is my last rodeo, you know, and that I've completed all the work I need to get done, but not attached to that, you know. So if I come back in another life lifetime and need to teach some more, awesome. Like I'm sign me up, you know, I'm not I'm not attached. So uh yeah, I, it my my parents and I have a very um loving comforting relationship um they've you know they see me they they will they always tell me that they're all they're here for me no matter what you know even though sometimes i fall into the traps of like oh there's codependency uh with you know if i don't listen to them like i sometimes i get scared you know if they're 
if I don't listen to them, then they're going to um, retaliate, right? Or take back my, take my power away. So, um, but that's, that's, yeah, I don't feel like that's true to me as, as much because I see the changes happening, you know? That's amazing. And I'm so happy to hear that that was, that's how it went down. And I'm, I've, I don't know where I read it, but same, and we must have read the same article, but yeah, when you start here in the middle, you know, or here's my, like when you start doing all these changes yourself it just like ripples out from you and i've i've had that similar experience you know yeah it's it's i remember reading it and it takes a while you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it wasn't like i've decided to improve myself and then the next week you know it's it's been like a you know couple years process where i'm seeing the changes yeah yeah Yeah. if you could see me there's still work to do you know there's it's kind of how i like tell people it's like there's always something there that cop comes up and pops up to yeah mm-hmm. and it's For great sure. it's it's yeah. such a journey <laughs> yeah 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 i agree Bumpy but journey it, it, fun interesting yeah. crazy all the yeah. things yep. <laughs> so uh there's something else um i i think this is related to the coaching the emotional freedom techniques and the coaching are those uh separate uh kind of like I call it um, branches off your tree or are those um, t- tell us about that. Tell, I, I think you're in coaching school. So if those are separate, you know, tell us separate, but let's hear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I never knew that I wanted to become a coach. Um, and I still have yet to acquire like clients into my practice. I think in the last year I've, realize that this is what I want to do. Um, and so I took a coaching program. I signed up for one last June and, um, you know, I went through their, uh, their modules and their programs. And then now I'm signed up for another one, um, through it's through NLP, uh, coaching. So, and I feel like all of it's interwoven. Um, everything that I've acquired, in terms of my yoga training, my emotional freedom techniques, um, the NLP, the other you know speaker coaching program, they they all are linked. And what's cool is that I get to utilize those experiences and those tools um, into something that I can offer to clients that speaks to them the most um, with my own life story and my own journey because I know there's people I know there's women out there that could benefit from a lot of the things that I'm sharing here so um, I'm still sharpening that tool a little bit more like sharpening my um, um, my offering I should say to women Um, but it's it's gonna be catered to however how, whatever help that, that, that they need in their life. So anything around the area of self-expression and empowerment, um, focusing on health, like physical, emotional, spiritual health, you know, those are the kind of the crux and crucial areas of what I feel like I can offer. And right. be, and um, was, um, was, I remember reading um, something about the cultural identity, you know, um, part of that, it's kind of helping um it was it coaching women on how to you know uh, own their cultural identity yeah yeah so kind of bridging 
you know, bridging the gap around um, like the traditional, the traditional values of um, culture and then what, you know, what it is to be in a country with so much freedom, like in the U.S. So, yeah, so anyone that's feeling like that kind of um, call or pull or, yeah, to transformation is where, who I'm targeting to. And even, even women that, you know, grew up or were born or raised in another country and migrated to the U.S. and they realize, like, oh, my gosh, there's all this opportunity and expression of power and, and I really want to explore that and that's that's also who I want to uh, cater to too because I feel like right. I have, yeah that's amazing yeah that's awesome um I love I love that you're gonna wrap that into your your like uh cornucopia yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like you have a cornucopia <laughs> it, yeah and sometimes it's like it's a I feel afraid of like what, how I'm going to offer, how I'm going to deliver. And mm -hmm. so I just, I'm trusting, I know that it's, um, that it's going to work out right in their best interest because through their experience and through my experience, it's, we're going to meet each other and, and figure it out. And it's going to be exactly what they're you know looking for. So it, in terms of, you know, having a website, having any course content, like I'm kind of not like, you know, not Nothing, really dove yeah. into that so much yeah. because I yeah. want to be more um, intimate in, in conversations and utilize the tools that I'm already using. Right. So, right. Yeah. Maybe one more one-on-one -on -one coaching. Exactly. Yep. That's where I'm, yeah. that's what I'm targeting. So yeah. yeah. Not like big courses of, yeah. Right. Like, and I think through that experience, I will be able to kind of tie things up into a little bow and be like, here's my little course program that I can offer right. you, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. I understand. So is there, um, I always ask this question of like, is there anything else like what did I, did I did we miss? Did we forget to go back? Like, is there something you're like, oh, I forgot to mention? I think you nailed it. Like you really, <laughs> went through yeah we really went on a <laughs> went on, yeah see and then we get on to like path. yeah and then we get to this point where i say how can people find you you know yes yes <laughs> like if there is that other you know adaptive yoga uh, uh teacher out there uh occupational therapist you know if they want to yes. connect with you or if they want to you know talk to you about uh one-on-one -on -one coaching um mm. anyway Tell us, tell us how to get in contact with you on all these things. Hashtag yeah. all the things. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on Facebook. So I have a page on Facebook. It's just my name, Hero Patel. Um, and you can find me there. Um, I'm also on Instagram, although I'm still figuring out the link. So if I'm posting on Instagram, it's connected to my Facebook page. Um, so, yeah, and website is in the works. Um, just not quite out there yet. I used to have a website and I tore it down because things have kind of shifted. So um, yeah, and my email address, I can drop my email address as well. Sure. Um, it's just hero585 at gmail.com. It's H-I-R-A-L 585 at gmail.com. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> and I guess before, before we sign off, I always, um, you know, extend, um, my gratitude like I, I 
I know people are giving me like an hour of their time and we've emailed a couple times about this. And I just like appreciate people taking the time to participate in this project of mine because it means a lot to me. And I think that these stories, the the you know, sitting here in our vulnerability of being like, this is where the, this is the shitty point of my life. And I want to share it with you to show you that like we can we 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 will, you know, get past it. You know, the yeah. only way the only way it out is through, right? And totally. I really, I'm so eternally grateful for, um, you know, it's been women so far sharing their stories. Cause I think this is how like the purpose is I want to shorten the suffering of others, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. so that we can reach mm-hmm. people. Like, so I, you know, I couldn't do it without people taking this time and sitting down with a stranger and saying like, Oh, this is the worst time of my life. <laughs> yeah. And I'm eternally grateful. So thank you so much. Thank you so uh, much. And I, just through our conversation in an hour, I mean, I know, you know, you're, you're thanking me for, you know, my time, but I want to also thank you for your time because this was, a, uh, this was very healing, just uh, oh. opening up and spending the hour and really diving deep into these areas again. So, um, yeah, I love it. I should mention that when we first emailed about it, you kind of told me what you did. And I was like, hey, do you have a story though of like what led you to this? And you were, I saw you be like, oh, like, <laughs> I, like I could see you kind of do like even ahead of like, oh, this woman wants to know like behind, you know, the background. And yes. I, yes. It's been, yeah, this is, this has been very eye opening. So um, thank you so much for doing what you do. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. All right. So I'll say at the end, um, I am on the, all the social medias as well. And every account is under LaJoy Society. Let's see. There's uh, Instagram, Facebook. There's a website. Um, you know, I mentioned, um, I think I mentioned this on a previous epi- episode that I put a bunch of links um, of resources of like books that I listen to. I just, uh, I just call it um, recommendations. I just want to mention that to people. It's like things that I enjoy. Um, so I want to mention that today. Um, so it's LaJoy Society, L-A-J-O-I-E, S-O-C-I-E-T-Y on all the social media things. And all right, y'all, I will, we will talk to y'all next week. Everything up to this point has led me here and there's nowhere I'd rather be than to be here. All the things that made no sense that felt so wrong and out of place now seem to fit perfectly to tell a story that was meant to be Choices made, cards left on tables and cards played